Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Gotta love the AWOD Army. Dolphin Dave just stopped by Capitol Ale House, uh, said what's up. He's going to grab some lunch here, as I encourage everybody to. If you feel like you got the case of the Mondays, Capital Ale House is the solution with a great beer selection, unbelievable wings, great burgers. Uh, last time I got the flatbread pizza, pesto chicken. It was fantastic. So uh, big shout-out to Dolphin Dave for stopping by. And uh, he was telling me, man, he, he thought that the Cowboys would have an opportunity there against the Bills, but they just took it to him. He thought maybe the Jags could upset the Ravens. They took it to them. Uh, so there were a lot of good games in the NFL yesterday. And joining us right now to go around the NFL on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline is Matthew Paris. What's going on, Matt? Hey, thanks for having me. Long time no chat. I know it's only been a few months, but uh, good to be back on the show. Absolutely. How is the food scene in or- in New Orleans? We always hear great things about it. Ah, oh, it is. Uh, you know, it lives up to its reputation. It's been very good. Uh, you know, exploring around. Uh, but come on down, and I'll show you around. It's a it's a good oh. spot. Oh, you don't have to invite me twice to go to New Orleans. How about that? Matthew yeah. Paris with us here on the hotline, of course, was the commander's beat reporter now covering the New Orleans Saints who got a 24-6 to win against the New York Giants. And it felt like that was one of the best games that Derek Carr's played this season. 23 of 28, 218 yards, three touchdowns, only got sacked once. What do you think of uh, the quarterback play for the Saints? Yeah, I thought it was, at least in the six games that I've covered, yeah, it was definitely his most efficient outing. Other people said it was his most efficient outing of the season as well. And, you know, honestly, he really kind of needed that performance because it, something that was, like, really interesting moving here is kind of the, seeing the kind of apathy for uh, Derek Carr in terms of just, you know, fans were really frustrated with him. I think they, for so, you know, Foster Moreau, one of their tight ends, put it after the game that this is a fan base that, for so long was used to watching Drew Brees play and they hold their quarterbacks to such a high level of play, probably rightfully so, that, you know, people who don't perform to those expectations are, are kind of disappointing. And, you know, Derek Carr's had some incidents with teammates where he's been yelling at them on the sidelines or those sorts of things. And it had kind of been reaching a boiling point. But, uh, you know, he, he played well yesterday and, and kind of got uh, quieted that criticism a little bit. Absolutely. And it is a three-horse race in the NFC South, Atlanta loses to Carolina now six and eight on the season. Saints win. Bucks are seven and seven as well. So things are really heating up here in the NFC South. And uh, Matt, give give us your opinion on the division. Who do you think winds up up top? Yeah, it's, it's really up in the air. I mean, Tampa is playing really well right now. Uh, I think the division, at least for the Saints, it might come. You know, they play. They close the season with the. Hopkins in week 18 but we're basically for them to have a chance to win the division they've got to beat Tampa the week before that's uh next week you know they'll have kind of a 10-day rest to get ready for that game as they you know they're on a short week this week against the Rams so you know it really might come down to that because the thing not working in New Orleans favor right now is um the fact that they're kind of already behind in the division they've lost to Tampa already they've beaten the Panthers twice which have helped but they've lost to both the Buccaneers and the Falcons. So they're kind of chasing the eight ball a little bit. Um, I, I don't think they're mathematically favored. So 
I would give the slight edge to Tampa, but I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans or even Atlanta uh, win it either. So it's interesting when you look at the playoff picture in the NFC, all right? So uh, San Francisco's 11-3. and I think most people expect them to be the number one seed. I think number two right now is Philly. I believe in the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if the Cowboys overtook them, as obviously they were winning the NF, uh, NFC East last week. What's interesting is is that four spot, right? Because that's going to be the winner of the NFC South right now. It's the Bucks. It could be yeah. the Saints. But I would even argue that the sixth spot is a good place to be because of how Detroit has looked so up and down. Like Minnesota's in line for the sixth seed right now, but they are seven and seven. Same with the Rams and the Saints. And then you could see Seattle get to that spot with a win tonight. I would give the Rams, the Saints, the Seahawks all an opportunity to go to Detroit and get a win because those teams have more playoff experience than the Lions. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, the the uh, Saints did play the Lions a few weeks ago, and the Lions that was a really weird game because the Lions went up like they they it was twenty one and nothing within the first seven minutes of the game, and it seemed like it was headed for like an ugly, ugly blowout. And then the Saints kind of uh, fought back, and you know it was a five point game by the end of it. But you know the the Lions haven't really played their best football of late. I think they looked much better early in the season, but honestly, you can kind of say the same about uh, the rest of the teams they just mentioned. You know, the Seahawks are kind of uh, not a mess, but they, they have some instability there with Geno Smith's injury. They weren't as sharp, sharp as they were earlier in the season. The Vikings, I don't know what the heck are going on there with Josh Dobbs <laughs> uh, being benched. And, and, you know, it looked like he was going to be uh, the answer there. But, um, you know, now they're playing Nick Mullins. So uh, th- this NFC wildcard race, you know, you mentioned the division, but really the, the last few wildcard spots are wide open. Absolutely. Matthew Paris with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Of course, you can follow Matthew Paris, Paris on social media at Matthew underscore Paris. Uh, talking all things NFL right here. Who would be your MVP pick, Matt? Uh, you know, I don't know if it, if it like statistically checks out, but I feel like Tua has had a really nice season. I know people are kind of talking Lamar. After that game last night, I think he has a deserving case uh, as well. But, you know, everyone talks about Tyreek Hill. I think that's a respectable argument, especially if he breaks 2,000 yards. But uh, I got to look at the guy throwing in the football. I know quarterbacks always win that award these days. Uh, I've really been impressed with two of this season. And so I think he would be maybe my vote right now. So I saw NFL on CBS say passer rating. Number one, Brock Purdy. Passing touchdowns, Brock Purdy. Passing touchdowns to interceptions, Brock Purdy. Touchdowns to attempts, Brock Purdy. Yards per attempts, Brock Purdy. Yards, completions, Brock Purdy. Wins, Brock Purdy. But it feels like inside NFL circles, people give more of that credit to McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and their terrific defense than Brock Purdy himself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a byproduct of Kyle Shanahan as well as Brock Purdy has played. I, I do think Brock Purdy has a legitimate case, but you know, you look at those games he played this season without uh, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, and they looked very much normal on offense. So, you know, you, you hate to kind of punish Brock Purdy for that. It's almost kind of like a Florida State situation in uh, college football where they didn't have their quarterback and were left out of the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. I think there are other deserving cases in the NFL right now, specifically. Even ignoring Tua because he doesn't seem like kind of the odds-on favorite, but like a guy like Lamar Jackson, 
I think has a really solid case, especially if the Ravens win the one seed. But hey, look, I mean, Brock Brady has the 49ers win the one seed, and uh, he's played really well. So if he wins it, I, th- I, I do think he would deserve it. Matt, good catching up, man. Appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Yeah, man. Good talking to you. Yep, that was Matthew Paris now covering the New Orleans Saints, formerly in Washington for the Commanders covering the Washington Times. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, it is a misery Monday after the L.A. Rams defeated the Commanders 28-20. Here on Richmond's home for the Commanders, you can hear every game on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM with a ton of Commanders talk during the week. Every day at 1 p.m., we open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910 here on the Richmond Commander. But wanted to mix it up a little bit here as Wonka. Won the weekend box office. I can't believe that. I don't know why anyone would go see that movie. The trailer looked awful. When you can, you know, enjoy the holidays at home and rewatch the Gene Wilder version or even watch the Johnny Depp version. But yet, people spent their hard-earned money to go see Wonka. First place with $39 million in its debut weekend. That has to be the lead story on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Stop, have I told you that I don't like Timothy Chalamet before? Like, I just I, I don't it. like the kid. He's 27 years old, and all the, the ladies call him a heartthrob. I mean, so many girls just go out of their way to tell people that they are obsessed with Timothy Chalamet and he's such an amazing actor and oh he's such a hunk I don't like the kid I, I don't know what it is about him I'm not a fan he not does. a fan I'm a I'm a Miles Turner guy all right uh, you could call him attractive and I'm okay with that Shyamalama Lama Ding Dong I just don't I, I think he looks like he's like a gothic guy like he's emo and he's putting off this sad vibes and the girls eat it up they lick it up for Christmas it's unbelievable he's a bit rodent like that, that's how I would describe his facial structure. Is, is yeah, that's mouse. a good one. Yeah, mouse, rat. You know, he could have starred in the live action of Ratatouille. But he is celebrating <laughs> a sweet victory at the box office this weekend as Wonka has crushed the competition. Top spot in the weekend box office in North America, earning nerd $39 million in its debut. The film has made $151 million around the world. Do you have any interest in going to see Wonka? Apparently it's good. I don't know. It's the director of Paddington, which is just like a lovely, happy movie. And yep. if this is just more just kind of like innocent fun, I guess. I don't know. Maybe if my parents want to do something this week, I'll take them to Wonka, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I do. I liked the idea of it that, in fact, it's supposed to be a prequel to the Gene Wilder film. But that film was in black and white, right? And this is obviously like 50 years later. So I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Number two, The Hunger Games. I'm not interested in seeing that. Number three is The Boy and the Heron. What, what is that? I saw Great that. Movie. Uh, that was the one I saw last week. The new Studio Ghibli Miyazaki movie. Uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big it's Nose. Animated. Big Nose one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big Nose guy. Four, Godzilla minus one. Another Still throwing movie. me off with that title. Like, 
God, what is the next one going to be? Godzilla minus two. What is the prequel? Are we doing it's Godzilla a, plus two? What are we doing next it's year? A, it's a prequel, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. do math when I go see a Godzilla movie. Uh, number five, trolls band together. Uh, what movie news do you want to bring up today, Stuff? Uh, let's see. I got a couple of uh, lists, uh, kind of as we wrap up the year, and I wanted to know uh, if you wanted to go through any of them. We got our top stars sure. of twenty twenty three. We got our top right, shows. Give, give me and most top stars. Give me the top three for top stars. All right. Give me one second to pull it up. Yep. Um, as I did just read that Pete Davidson is landing a new Netflix special that will premiere next month. Um, I, I like Pete Davidson. That guy makes me laugh. And if you have not seen it, Bad Adolescence is his best movie of all time. It's so great. I do love some Pete. All right, we got the top three here. And this is from yeah. IMDb based on how many clicks their site got. So it's yeah. not really a group. So number three was Ana de Armas. Which surprised okay. me because this was yeah, a big year no, for her. No, but I get that. I mean, I, I believe me. I, I think a lot of people Google her name and, and search <laughs> images as well. She's beautiful. Yeah, All she right. had ghosted uh, with Chris yeah. Evans this year, which did yeah. okay on the streaming world. It didn't really. She hit might theaters. actually. She might have the best smile in Hollywood. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's wild. She yeah. was nominated for an Oscar uh, for a movie last year, but the Oscars were this year, so it could have been that for a performance in okay. Blonde. Uh, number two, Mary yeah. Elizabeth uh, Winstead. Winstead. I always forget how to pronounce her last Mary name. Mary Elizabeth. She uh, Ramona Flowers. What is she? Uh, is is her most known role? But she was Ramona and Scott Pilgrim. There was the Scott Pilgrim show that came out uh, just a couple. Wait, of... that that was Ramona. Yeah. Oh my goodness, she Mary looks Elizabeth. a lot different now. She's older. Well, yes, time so, has passed. Oh man, she's married to Ewan McGregor. Oh, oh I yeah. love her. Then yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ewan McGregor mark. All right, that is. That's my Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, and not that's, my, fair. that's not even. Wait, Obi Wan's not even his name. What is he? He's Qui Gon. No, he's Obi. No, he's Obi. He you got it. You got it. He's Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Scott Pilgrim show came out. She was the lead in that. That might have been why she okay. was here. She is also very okay. beautiful. That could have done a lot. And number yeah. one here, I, he might have been number one for the past couple years because it's Pedro Pascal. Oh, that's my guy. Yeah. Have you seen all of the Pedro Pascal movies and TV shows? Like, did you watch The Last of Us? Uh, I've not seen The Last of Us. I played the game, so I didn't really feel the need to go through the story again, as I've already experienced oh, it. Oh, big guy. I've played the video <laughs> game. I'm a nerd. Yeah, all right. Good for you. It's like one of the most Good famous games of all time. I, 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 I know it is, <laughs> but the show is even better. I really think so. I well, love the show. I don't know about show. all that. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of been killing it all around nonstop. It's what yeah. can you do? All right. So let, how about the question that I threw out there earlier today? All right. So we have the final seven days until Christmas. I've been participating in 30 days of Christmas. You start at the end of November. You watch at least one Christmas movie every single day. Obviously, I tried to save some of the best for last. Uh, I ran out of good movies that I wanted to watch. Uh, that I thought were like decent, so I did go to some of the best ones recently. I did Bad Santa. I did, of course, uh, the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch. So we're seven days away. Stub, do you have a few that I th you think I need to hit here? Well, you know what I've already recommended to you, and I don't know if you've watched it yet. Right, the Muppets one. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to save that probably till like the 24th, but go I'm, ahead. I'm starting to worry that you're not going to watch it at all. I don't know. You, I guess you're just a big Kermit guy. Of course you know? I'm a big Kermit know. guy. Rizzo, Gonzo, all of them. Okay. You I, okay, I'm curious to see what you think of last year's Christmas Carol adaptation, Spirited, uh, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I hate it. Hate, hate it? Hate, okay. You've already hate, got that only one. Only made it about 15 minutes into that movie. How about okay. Candy Cane Lane? That's the new one with um, Eddie Murphy. Only heard bad things. Supposed to be things. decent. 
I've only you, heard oh, you only heard I've bad only things. heard bad things. I don't okay, know. Wow. I don't think people are making good Christmas movies anymore. Last like five years, I can't think of anything. What really about worth well, the Key and Peele Christmas movie from last year was pretty good. I don't even what what was that? Uh oh, was it uh, Jingle All the Way or something like that? Oh, what was I, it? The, the jingle King Jangle. One. I didn't Jing, like yeah, that. Really? I was not oh, a Jingle a, Jangle fan. I was very entertained by Jingle Jangle. I think I, I might have turned why. that one off fifteen minutes in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, what 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 else do we watch then? See, so, there's you... been, so basically, you're saying there's been nothing good recently. No, I, about, I didn't. Wait, didn't you like Arthur Christmas? Arthur Christmas was a good Arthur one. Arthur Christmas. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he's like Santa's son, and he starts uh, that he sends him to some random county to uh, be the postmaster oh. general. Yeah, that was Arthur that was, Christmas is very good. That was 2011 though. I said last like five years. Arthur Christmas is 2011. 2011, yeah. Great right, movie. I'm getting old. I'll, I'm getting really old. I'll give wow. you that. Um, I, I'd say go back. Like, go back. Like, give me a white Christmas. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. One of those, you know. Yeah. Have you watched, checked both yeah. of those off yet? Uh, I have. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know. I could watch it again. Uh, yeah, but you don't want to do that. Uh. Yeah. No. No, you're, you're right. There, It does feel like they the best Christmas movies are all... Late '90s, 2000s, maybe even older than that. Yeah, right. Oh, I'd be curious. There was another one. It was a sort of a Freaky Friday movie, uh, but the mom and the dad switched with the son and the daughter. That just oh, came out. Oh, with Ed that Helms. just came out with Ed Helms. Yeah, yeah and, the trailer looks so awful. Yeah, it looks so bad. It's a bit of a yeah, 13 no, going on 30 callback too right. with the yeah. with her again. Uh, I heard Ed Helms is great, but I don't know that he can be the lead guy. No, he's a, he's a supporting guy. He's a great number two. I, I believe. Like hangover. I think that's a Christmas movie, or it might have just come out recently. So I'm assuming it is. Just mm. if you want to watch something new. Yeah. What I what, don't know. I, 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 I rewatched the new Grinch. I thought that was awful. Oh, awful. the one that came Terrible. out in 2018, right? Terrible. I I once I once had plans to go in high school see uh, Spider Verse, the new, Into the Spider Verse, with my girlfriend, and last yeah. minute when we got there, she. Said she wanted to watch The Grinch instead, uh, and I broke up with her the next day. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I didn't expect that outcome, uh, but I just came up with another movie. I think Claws is pretty good. Claws. 2019. Claws. Oh, the yes. animated one with Yeah. The, yeah. I, I, I've, like, seen bits and pieces of that. Have not watched the whole thing. That's what I thought Arthur Christmas was. What oh, is okay. Arthur Christmas, then? Arthur Christmas, well, I, it was kind of the same plot of, of it's, like, He's like the son of Santa, and Santa oh. gets sick or something, so he's got to deliver. He's got to take over. Or he's got to deliver like one last gift that Santa missed because he lost a reindeer or something. It was good. It was a cute movie. Okay. Got uh, yeah. James McAvoy plays Arthur. I wish there was some better hard-hitting stories here on Netflix. I feel like <laughs> we're just talking about dumb Christmas movies. Well, I don't here. have a lot. I mean, of, it's I don't fun. Have a Christmas for you. I, yeah. I don't know. And I'm, just I'm a little of... upset. I'm going to let the audience know. I'm a little upset because Stubb hasn't caught up on Survivor, and I the know. finale is this Wednesday, and there is a there's a romance going on. There's been, um, you know, back-breaking, um, you know, votes that's been going on here. There's been revenge. I, I think it's turned into a really good season, but Stubb has so. given up on it. I've not given up. I missed. I had a busy now, weekend. You'd, I had rather a busy go, weekend. you'd rather go to Baltimore than watch I Survivor. I would not rather that's... go to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh my God, that drive. I'll give you something. I saw Air uh, this weekend. Have you heard or seen oh, Air? Like the Michael Jordan movie? Yeah, the one about yeah. the shoe. Yeah, I, I, I hated it. Really? 
I yes. quite liked it. I think I think yeah, it was a well, neat. Of course you did because you you think <laughs> Michael Jordan is amazing and he doesn't need to be even in the movie. That that was my biggest my all right. So you're bringing me back to look. We talked about this. The junkies talked about this. Every show talked about Air when it first came out because it was like a sports and I, yeah, you I know movie so. crossover. But my whole thing is there was no high stakes to the movie because we all knew the outcome. <laughs> you knew he was going to sign with Nike. It wasn't like at the last minute Adidas was going to come in and you know revisionist history here or that he would sign with Reebok, you yeah. know. And I also I really believe that uh, Matt Damon wasn't that good in the movie. I I, I just I, I thought he was too much of himself. He was better he was than Oppenheimer this yeah. year. You know who who is the the star of the movie was the guy that played David Falk and I've actually met David Falk and he is oh, a yeah. grumpy guy like yeah. that. <laughs> that so, was he was great. <laughs> that guy was great. Yeah. So you're watching old movies. That's Netflix today. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. If we missed anything and if there's a new movie or TV show we need to be talking about Call in 833-804-0910. Stub, do, definitely check out Bookie on HBO Max because I, I got all the way caught up in that. Uh, I think it's very entertaining, and it's uh, it's a good sports crossover, so I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Uh, great seasonal menu items, including the corn chowder. I'm getting the corn chowder today, and should let all the listeners know that happy hour just got happier. Monday through Friday, from 3 p.m. to 6.30, you got $2 off draft beers, $3 off wine, $3 off liquor drinks, and also $3 off certain appetizers, including the Bavarian pretzel. It's amazing. Loaded fries, Belgian-style fries, and five wings. $3 off five wings. You can only get that here at Capital Ale House, downtown Midlothian, or with me on Mondays in Innsbruck. There is a good game tonight, and I encourage everybody to check it out here at Capital Ale House. As we go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL. NFL Hits on A1 Radio. Stubbs, so I want to throw to you real quick here because you got me hip to Jalen Hurts. May not be that healthy going into the game tonight. I heard a report that he had to travel separately from the team. Yeah, and he's still questionable. I, I checked right. from at least the, the most recent article I found was three hours ago, and they still don't know. And and the thing is, the Seahawks, Geno Smith, is also questionable. We we could right. see With neither a groin start. injury. Yeah, I, I kind of hope just for, you know, the element of it being a good Monday night matchup that both are able to play, but there's definitely some 11th hour uncertainty for the Philadelphia Eagles. So Hertz did not practice on Saturday, uh, but most of the week he had – no injury status. He was all going to play. And then all of a sudden, there were reports that Jalen Hurts has not been feeling like himself and that he has an illness. Uh, Schefter said Hurts has been, quote, very sick. And according to multiple reports, it worsened from Saturday to Sunday. I, I kind of feel like he was me last week watching sudden, watching football on Sunday other, under the covers, right? And now he's got to travel 
uh, uh, to play in this game here, it, I think it's going to be really tough for Jalen Hurts to play well. We know that Seattle has the 12. They've got the crazy crowd. They're at home here, Monday night football. And what the Seahawks going for them have going for them is their playoff status is on the line, whereas the Eagles, they can lose and be okay because the Cowboys just lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. And looking into the, the playoff picture and the Seahawks' future schedule, they don't need this win to get a playoff spot. I think that they could pretty easily win the next three. And there's not and that that's nine wins and, and that's enough to get a to get a spot in the um Absolutely. NFC. But here's what I will say is if they are involved with a, anybody in a tie for that wild card spot, it does come down to what's your record inside of the NFC and this is a good test for them against the Eagles. Their next two games are AFC opponents, so they won't have another NFC game until the final week of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, you seem to you know, believe that that's a lock, but you want to control your own destiny, right? And I think the Seahawks control their own destiny with a win tonight against the Philadelphia Eagles. But look, this is a Seahawks team here that just a few weeks ago was 6-3. and three. Then they lost a heartbreaker to the Rams, 17-16. Then they lost to the 49ers, 31-13. Then it was the Cowboys, 41-35, in a thrilling contest. And then the 49ers once again. So the Niners beating them twice ended any opportunity for the Seahawks to win the NFC West. But as of tonight, they're behind the L.A. Rams now. So really a lot on the line here for the Seahawks. For the Eagles Look, I think the big thing for the Eagles is, hey, we could still have the path to the Super Bowl run through Lincoln Financial Field if we can take care of business over our next few games. And all we need is the Niners to stumble and stub their toe once stub for the Eagles, so this, for the Eagles to get that number one spot uh, in the NFC. And when you look at the... Niners schedule I think there are two tough games for them obviously they're going to destroy the commanders but they've got the Ravens next Sunday night and then they've got the Rams to close the season Rams might be playing for a playoff opportunity uh, I, I, I don't know man I kind of think I'm sticking with the Eagles here if they can win tonight to be the team to beat in the NFC but if the Seahawks can get the win obviously then it will run through the Niners. But uh, it's a, it should be a good one tonight if the starting quarterbacks are healthy. Right, Stubb? Yeah. I think that's it, what it comes down to. It really does. And, and even if they start Hurts, it seems like he's coming off of a sickness. So it, I don't think there's any situation where we see Hurts playing 100% tonight yeah, if he's no, feeling sick this morning. Yeah. No, you're right about that. I mean, he's going to have to – uh, try to power through. We'll see if they're able to run the ball with DeAndre Swift. He's been really good for the year, over 800 yards and four touchdowns. And maybe Hertz will be healthy enough to just throw it up to A.J. Brown. But we've gone through the playoff picture here pretty uh, intensely in the NFC. But let's look over to the AFC and see how the picture is shaking out ahead of or after the results of this past weekend. Big win for the Colts. They are now the seven seed holding the tiebreaker over the Texans and the Bills. Big win for the Bengals, right? Oh, yeah. Now they're the six seed. I don't think the Bengals hold on to that spot, but man, Jake Browning's playing well. You got to give him credit. I think that they, I think the Bengals are a playoff team here. I, I don't uh, know if they're going to hold the six, but uh, the Steelers yeah. are looking bad and, and they could beat the Browns. 
Well, Bengals-Steelers is your matchup on Thursday night football, or maybe that's Friday. Uh, it's it's um, the 23rd, so that's the next that's game. Saturday. Oh, it's a Saturday game. Okay. Two weeks in a row we got Saturday football. Love that. Um, so at the Steelers, that's going to be, I think, a matchup that, that, that will decide uh, the sixth seed in the AFC. Uh, I like the Bills to overtake the Colts as the seventh seed spot. And then, look, the five seed right now is the Cleveland Browns. They're 9-5. and five. They've got uh, the leg up on everybody thanks to Joe Flacco. And, you know, stuff. I wrote myself a note during Sunday, and I said, I want to tell the audience that I've chosen my playoff team. I'm going to support the Cleveland Browns. I like Joe Flacco, even if they go back to Deshaun Watson. I like what's going on there in Cleveland. I, I like the way they play as a team, and you guys know I love defensive football, and man, Miles Garrett could be in line for MVP with how good he's been this season. That defense does not usually give up more than 20 points a game. Uh, they have been incredible all season long. This is a Browns team now that's 5-7 and seven, uh, in their last seven weeks with multiple different quarterbacks. I, I always love to say that Joe Flacco was elite, all right? And he might not have been the best quarterback in his division at any point when he was leading Baltimore to division titles and to the Super Bowl, going against you know Ben Roethlisberger. Andy Dalton was even probably better than him at times. But Joe Flacco was elite at the deep ball. And we saw him and his deep ball heroics against the Chicago Bears. Stuff, they should have lost that game. But then yeah. Amari Cooper, man, did he thread the needle on that pass. Cooper catches the ball, avoids the tackle, and then kind of tippy-toes down the sideline. That might have been the game of the week, right? <laughs> if I gave out game of the week to beat Dallas against Buffalo. Dallas didn't show up. But, man, that Bears-Browns game was electric. And if the Bears won that game, I think we'd be talking about them as a potential playoff team. I think you'd be talking about I them would. as a playoff They don't have a hard finishing team. schedule. You you just <laughs> love these. You love rooting for these teams that are like the eighth and the ninth place team and, and to I'm, get into the And playoffs. I'm rooting for the Broncos, too. I still think the Broncos have a good shot. Yeah, the Broncos are now the 11th seed in the AFC. And so you know, were the, the Bills were the 11th seed last we, week, and is, they were your what, pick. Okay, well, what did we put on the line here? Because I, I'm feeling really good about my Bills getting into the playoffs. We have $1 on the line. We have $1 on the line. All right, I'll, I'll up it to two if you want. I would even up it to three. You know what? 250 250 on the line. <laughs> Bills have to make the playoffs for me to win this bet. Uh, what about Broncos to win the division over the Chiefs? That, you still I, feeling I'm, good about that? I'm not that? feeling good about that one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. The Chiefs still didn't look good, though. No, they Patriots did not. Patriots almost won that game. They, right? The wide receivers over at the Chiefs are a problem. Yeah, they, they really are. I know. There was that uh, clip where Patrick Mahomes threw it to Kadarius Tony, He dropped it, and you could see him lipping on the sideline. I knew I shouldn't have thrown it to him. <laughs> yeah, he threw his helmet on the ground after that. After an interception, too. He's still, he's getting mad. We got a, we got a mad Mahomes out there. We do. We've got a mad Mahomes, and that might mean trouble for the rest of the AFC. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is a Monday, December 18th, and I'm broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can catch me here every Monday 
throughout the football season. And we've spent a lot of time talking about the NFL, but there's also college basketball going on, and there are a ton of good teams in the state of Virginia, including the 10-0 James Madison Dukes. And that's where we will start here on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, buzzer beaters, madness. All the college basketball in the state of Virginia. We'll follow your favorite teams all season long. University Drive on AWOD Radio. Yeah, this has been a really good season for the Dukes. 10-0, first place in the Sun Belt with a game tomorrow, 7 p.m., against Coppin State, and they've had several different leading scorers. T.J. Bickerstaff, 21 in their win over ODU. Xavier Brown, 17 off the bench when they defeated Hampton. So it's just been a lot of even scoring for JMU, and man, statistically, that that offense is has been hot. I mean, you've got five different guys that are averaging double figures. They're all shooting the three-point ball really well, including two guys above 42% from three. And it's uh, led the Dukes to a number 20 in the country rating as they just can't lose a game, it seems like, in basketball. How about over to the Spiders here of University of Richmond? Six and five with a win against Charlotte. Their next game will be against Buffalo on Wednesday, but tomorrow on AWOD Radio, the head coach of the Richmond Spiders, Coach Mooney, will join the show. Now, I didn't watch the game against Charlotte, but I did see the game against Florida, and it felt like Richmond had a lot of opportunities in that game to come back and and win the game. Uh, But you know under Mooney, they're going to be really coached well. They're going to be a good defensive team. They've been good at home this year. They're 5-0 at home, and I'm really impressed by Bigelow, the forward, uh, but I also think that center Neil Quinn has really made some strides. Last year, I felt like watching the Spiders, he was just an awkward seven-footer. Now I feel like he's got some he's got some moxie. He's got some uh, game there. You can give it to him down low, and he can get a bucket. He doesn't need to be helped out by his teammates. Uh, he had 11 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal in their last win, and of course, you know, Coach Mooney runs that Princeton offense, so it's not surprising to see their forwards and their centers having assist totals like that, and uh, it's been a a decent season for the Spiders, and I, I know Richmond Spider fans are just hoping that the A-10 can be a multi-bid league so that you don't have to win three games in four days in March in Brooklyn to be included in the NCAA tournament. Over to the Hoos of UVA. The Virginia Cavaliers are 9-1, 1-0 in conference play. They're coming off of a good win against Northeastern on Saturday. I watched that game. Northeastern led for most of the first half. UVA's pack line defense just disrupted everything Northeastern was doing in the second half. They come from behind to win that game as Reese Beekman came up late, and that's what Tony Bennett described as one of those smash-mouth games, a back-and-forth defensive battle. Who's going to get the final stop? Who's going to get the clutch bucket? It was UVA, and I do think it was a bit of a trap game, though. I know I've spoke with many UVA fans who were looking past that game and looking at tomorrow's contest as UVA will travel to face off against number 23, Memphis, coached by 
Penny Hardaway. We saw them at the Siegel Center uh, just about a week and a half ago. Came away, escaped with a narrow victory in overtime. Uh, but this will be a, a tougher test for Memphis uh, against an incredibly defensive team in UVA. And uh, what I want to see if I'm a member of the Hoos, if I'm a fan of UVA, is I want to see multiple guys go off for 15 or 20 points. This season it feels like it's been done or it's been Beekman. What happened to Isaac McNeely? Why can't we see him score double digits anymore? Can we get some production off the bench from Leon Bond? Can it be Buchanan uh, to provide a few buckets off the bench for UVA? I just think they need the second unit uh, to contribute more over these next few contests, especially with that game coming up tomorrow against Memphis. VCU 6-5 and five here and with a game coming up on Friday against Maryland Eastern Shore. And uh, like we talked about earlier here on the Black and Gold Report is that this is a different VCU team here now that they have Joe Bamisell. And it will be a completely different roster once they get Sean Bairstow back, who led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in the preseason. We are starting to see the roster that Coach Odom put together throughout the season. Last thing here, we move over to the 8-3 Hokies of Virginia Tech. 6-0 at home, and they're coming off of a 22-point victory against Vermont in which Sean Padula came back in the lineup, had seven points, an assist, and two rebounds. Hunter Couture continued his sharp shooting throughout the season, 2-5 of five from deep 40%. He had 10 points, but it's been Lynn Kidd uh, who has been really good uh, for the Hokies down low. He had 17 and 11, a nice double-double. Um, but what I love about the Hokies this season is, yes, they've got a good backcourt. They've got a guy that they can count on at the center position uh, with Kidd. But they've got a third score, score in Tyler Nickel. They've got some bench production. All right, I really like my Lysel Poteet off the bench. I think Robbie Barron can be a scorer for them off the bench. It feels like this is a, a deep uh, Coach Young squad. Reminds me of the deep squad that he had when they shocked everyone and won the ACC tournament just a few years ago. So uh, it has been a good season for the Hokies, but things are going to get a little more difficult over these next few weeks here for Virginia Tech. And then, of course, the ACC, in my mind, still the best league in college basketball. They're going to beat each other up. So a game on Thursday for the Hokies against American, and then conference play begins December 30th when they take on Wake Forest. That's a road game to start uh, conference play actually two straight road games at Wake Forest at Florida State and then a tough contest against the top team currently in the ACC that's Clemson uh, with one of the best scorers in the country PJ Hall so it is a difficult schedule for Virginia Tech right out of the gates here in the ACC two road contests then Clemson then Miami then oh yeah you got to travel to face off against in-state rival for a Commonwealth Cup matchup at number 22, Virginia, and then another road game at NC State before returning home against Boston College. So we really know, we really will know by the end of January how good this Virginia Tech can, team can be, led by Mike Young 
this season. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.